Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. But ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Jude chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. Jude tells us that praying in the Holy Ghost builds us up in faith, that it strengthens and helps us to endure and to maintain the fruits of the Spirit of God. Paul reinforces this idea to us in the book of Ephesians. When he tells us that praying in the Holy Spirit is a vital part of the armor of God needed to help you to be able to stand and to withstand the onslaught of the enemy. He also brings to light the fact that praying in the Spirit in the unseen place of private prayer will prime you to speak and preach by the Spirit in the place of public exhortation. We read of this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, where he tells us that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places, and that God has given to us an armament to help us to be able to stand against the onslaughts of the enemy. He tells us of a helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness, a belt of truth, shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, a sword of the word of the Lord God Almighty, and a shield of faith. But the armor doesn't end there because he continues to say in verse 18, Also praying with all power and supplication in the spirit is part of it and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You're not just fighting this fight of faith for yourself, but for the brethren. And an important part of being able to do this is praying in the Spirit. And for me, he says, I do it that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You see, the prophetic utterances, revelations, and mysteries that the Holy Spirit pours into you in times of personal prayer in the Spirit will fill and overfill and flow out of you to others in a chain-breaking, life-changing, powerful, anointed preaching and teaching that will be packed up by God's kingdom. Because that is where it came from. You have simply become an ambassador of it. A messenger relaying the decrees and mandates of heaven. 
Therefore, will the authority and majesty of heaven come with it to endorse and enforce it? Paul tells us again in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, that my speech and my preaching was not of enticing words of man's wisdom. In other words, it wasn't very intellectual or elegant, but it was with demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we do speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that came to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained from before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now understand something for a moment. He's not talking about human princes here. He's talking about principalities because there is no human prince that crucified the Lord. But it was the enemy who moved men to bring about the crucifixion. But if the enemy had known what he was doing, he wouldn't have done it because it truly was a checkmate moment. Paul tells us that among the unlearned and unsaved, he didn't speak great swelling words of men's wisdom, he even explains that the source of man's intellect are these wicked principalities. Remember that from the beginning, knowledge was given to Adam and Eve by the serpent in the garden. He says, we come with simplicity and with demonstration of the power of the Spirit. And to those who are more learned, we do bring wisdom in a mystery. We bring God's wisdom that to men is foolishness, but to those who have the Holy Spirit, it is life abundant. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we read this, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. For though God did beseech you by us, We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Your wisdom, your intellect, your money, your tools, your multitude of mighty men, your networking, none of it will break the yokes of bondage, only the anointing. Only Jesus. And Paul tells us that our faith in these things, the revelation of these mysteries, understanding, the power for demonstration, all of it comes when we stir up the gifts that are within us, praying in the Holy Spirit. And now that we see the great power and importance of praying in the Spirit, we have to ask, what exactly does that mean? to pray in the Spirit. Well, for one, it means praying in tongues, as we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, which tells us that the gifts of the Spirit were given 
to the first believers at Pentecost and to all of their descendants and future generations and to as many as would later be called into the faith and would believe that it would be for all of these to receive, my friend, that means you and me. Acts 2.39 says it plainly, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We read the broadness of God's offer to release this gift in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. When it says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Jesus himself decrees the expanse of this great gift that he was going to purchase for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. In Mark chapter 16, verse 16, when he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These things will follow those that believe. So praise God for these great gifts. But as powerful and exciting as that is, I do not dare limit praying in the spirit to just the act of praying in tongues. I believe that when you set aside time to sit and sup and visit with the person of Jesus, that in that communion and fellowship, His Spirit fills your temple and begins to flow out of it like a river. That may come in the form of praying in tongues, or it may come in the form of prophecy, as Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us things to come. Or it could come in a word of knowledge, as Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. Or it may come in divine wisdom, as Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would bring us revelation. It may even come in the form of discernments that are more felt than spoken, as Paul told us that the Holy Spirit would pray through us that which we did not even know to pray about in groans that can't even be uttered. Those heart cries that the broken are too weary to even express in prayer request can be felt and addressed by those praying in the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16 verse 13 says this, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come, and he will glorify me, 
speaking of Jesus, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we read this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or inabilities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he searches the heart, knowing what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another the gifts of healing, to another the workings of miracle, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. But all of these things work. That one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. All of these things strengthen us to daily walk out the will of God. As it does to the rest of the body also through us. For it is nothing less than the continuance of the ministry, the ministry of the workings of Jesus. Him, the Spirit, indwelling the temple of our flesh by which he visits and affects this physical world. And the more you make yourself his abode, the more freely he will flow. And he who is the anointing himself will break the yokes of bondage from off of them that come into contact with him through you the one willing to take the time to abide and pray in the Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 17, we read this, And there was delivered unto them the book of the prophet Elias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ear. You see, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. He was the one anointed. In fact, that's what Christ means, the anointed one. But at Calvary, he died and released his spirit, giving us access to visit, to abide, to have communion with it, to sit and to sup to be indwelled and filled up that we might be able to go out and allow him to break the yokes of bondage wherever we're sent. In John chapter 14, verse 16, we read this, And I, Jesus, will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. There is no limit or statute of limitation on the importation of the Holy Spirit. 
even that spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither does it know him. But you know him, he says, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So who is it? It is the spirit of Jesus. For I will not leave you comfortless, he said. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world shall see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. So in this do we see that another key to the anointing is obedience to the words of Jesus. You see, he gives us his spirit to lead us. God said that as many as are led by my spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. We must let his spirit teach and lead us. We can't lead it. We do his bidding. We submit. Finally, my brethren, we read this of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, at the end of his earthly time with them. All power is given unto me in both heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them as you do to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, implying that if you do these things, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The power that the early apostles, the disciples, and the true men and women of God's kingdom walk in is the power of the anointing. Put quite plainly, it's simply Jesus walking with them because that they have humbled themselves to truly trust him and his teachings, and they have been willing to repeat them in their completeness. They have spent much time with him, praying in the Spirit, however the Spirit leads them to do it. And in doing so, they have learned to follow his leading, so that they are simply where he is, while he is breaking the yokes of bondage. Oh Lord, we need you. We need the anointing. So cause us to prioritize our time in your presence, to fervently guard our obedience to your commandments and to unashamedly preach your teachings and gospel message. For if we do this, you will be with us 
even unto the ends of the world. Amen. And if you are with us, then where the Spirit of the Lord is, there will be freedom. So there will be salvation, healing, and deliverance. The anointing will break the yokes of bondage. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.